now turning to our second segment. Anita Varma leads the Solidarity Journalism Initiative at the Center for Media Engagement. She is also a new assistant professor in the School of Journalism and Media at U- University of Texas, Austin, where her research and teaching focus is on how journalists represent marginalized communities and how this reporting can improve. Anita's family immigrated from Bihar, India in 1978, and she grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She is here to speak with us about solidarity reporting with Afghanistan, the Middle East, and beyond. Anita Varma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So first off, For those who may not be so familiar with journalism ethics, explain what solidarity reporting is. Yeah, in a nutshell, I always start by answering what solidarity means in this context of solidarity reporting. So solidarity, as I define it, is a commitment to social justice that translates into action, where social justice means dignity for everyone. And that action, when we take this into a journalism context, is the action of reporting, but not just any reporting. Of course, we all know lots of reporting that is the opposite of aligned with social justice. The solidarity reporting means that action to advance social justice is really centering the perspectives and the lived experiences of people directly affected by injustice. Right. And uh, obviously, this is in high contrast, as you said, to the the larger media narrative, unfortunately, in the world, Um, something that we are practicing at the Indy and WBAI and that Anita practices. So, yay. But anyway, I will continue. So what does solidarity reporting on Afghanistan look like? I mean, it's loaded. I know. But what what can it look like? And, And who should we think of as experts on Afghanistan? Yeah, I think the people we should think of as experts on Afghanistan are the people who are living in Afghanistan, the people whose lives just changed uh, in dramatic ways over less than the last month. Um, So really trying to delve into who we mean by the Afghan people. Lately, we've seen plenty of people claim to speak for Afghan people, particularly people claiming to speak for Afghan girls, people claiming to speak for Afghan women. But hearing from those folks themselves is less frequent. And that's really where solidarity reporting begins. The second step, though, is to consider what questions they're asked. What kind of platform are they given? Is the question just how upset are you? Can you tell us about your sadness and rage? Or is there an opportunity to ask, what do you think about what's happening? What needs to happen next? And what are your views? What are your your own analyses of what is happening to your own community? I think all too often in my field of research, we find that ranging in country, locale, issue type, that the people who are directly affected are often nowhere to be seen in coverage of their own lives. And solidarity reporting is an attempt to remedy that. Mm-hmm. And talk, talk a little bit more about the contrast in um, solidarity reporting mm-hmm. and then the 20 plus year old media tropes um, around the Middle East, Afghanistan, surrounding areas. Yeah, the, you know, beyond the 20 years, right, colonialism, right. orientalism, 
uh, military imperialism, all of these things date back so far, and it often boils down to a white gaze upon brown bodies, upon bodies that are presumed to be in some way savage, in some way less than human, incapable of self-governance. And so, look, here comes folks who are posing as saviors, often with very real weaponry. Uh, and this is not to ignore or discount the very real and and live dangers that exist in in countries like Afghanistan, but to to note that uh, that a lot of the coverage treats anyone coming in from the West as a savior and anyone on the ground as someone who couldn't possibly be civilized enough to to speak for themselves. So with solidarity reporting, it really flips that script to say instead of starting with Joe Biden, instead of starting with the Pentagon, instead of starting with the Department of Defense, let's start with people who are living this crisis, who have been living in these conditions and are about to live in these new conditions that are still uh, under determination. But what what is that experience like? What does it mean for them? What does it mean for their hopes and dreams? What does it mean for their communities? And what are they calling on in terms of global solidarity? I really appreciate what your previous guest was talking about with the need to, to hold uh, any kind of regime to account, which starts by not looking away and also not reducing people to kind of the the torture porn or the too bad, so sad kind of stories. Mm, Yeah, I I think about um, the in in 2017, I believe after an attack on Nice, France, Nice, France, uh, the French government made it illegal to to, to publicize um, photos of maimed French bodies after attacks. And, and, and I think about the contrast between that and the masses of brown bodies. Um, any comment on that? Absolutely. I, I really... I'm often so dismayed that my work remains so relevant to the current moment, right? As you said, this is an example from 2017. We've seen similar examples from 2015, and then we can go into longer histories with what amounts to what's been called the hierarchy of death, where there's a presumption that certain ethnicities, certain types of people, certain groups warrant and deserve greater respect for their dignity than others. And I think in the case of coverage of Afghanistan, in case of, in the case of covering ongoing uh, violence in the Middle East, there's often a, a readiness to photograph and be spectators uh, in a voyeuristic way through news photography that's quite splashy. Whereas when those kinds of deaths happen in predominantly white countries, there's a lot of reticence about showing those images. And I often think that journalists do not necessarily harbor ill intent when doing so. It happens on the level of common sense. And part of the work of the Solidarity Journalism Initiative is to try to lay that common sense in front of us to then question it and have a conversation about it. Right, absolutely. And we'll ask you a little bit more about that in a second. But for now, um, how do we be, this this is a hard line to walk, you know, how do we be concerned for and provide solidarity with women in Afghanistan without overbearing this sort of sometimes disgusting Western feminism and imperialism? How do we be considerate of Afghan culture um, while obviously still being concerned for those who are expressing need? 
Yeah, the short answer, I think, starts with genuinely listening to what Afghan women are asking for and also to be prepared for just as in any country, what they're asking for will not be one single action item or one single agenda, right? Every group has heterogeneity. But we also heard this come up a lot last year um, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, this question of how can non-Black people be in solidarity? How can they act in solidarity without imposing or taking up all of the, the airspace? And the answer that I came to is through one of my favorite books uh, by an author named Mickey Kendall. And she, she wrote a book called Hood Feminism, which I recommend to everyone. And she wrote about the dangers of on behalfism. When any group, particularly a majority group, claims to speak on behalf of a minority, even with the best of intentions or with what they view as social justice for that group, we very quickly come to a problem. So instead of that, what I always encourage journalists to do is what they do best, which is past the mic and yeah. let's surface what those what those needs are, what those wishes are, and what we can do working together, even from afar, to try to to bring those into into public discourse more more prominently. In some past the mic. Don't hog it. Um, okay, Anita, this is going to be our last question. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the Solidarity Journalism Initiative and, and how people can follow, get involved if they want. Yeah, so the Solidarity Journalism Initiative uh, just moved with me to UT Austin, where we are pleased to be part of the Center for Media Engagement. The Center for Media Engagement offers a wide range of research and support for journalists, including that through the Solidarity Journalism Initiative. Uh, I develop ongoing resources and workshops that journalists and journalism students, as well as journalism educators, are always invited to attend. So far, these are all virtual, so please keep an eye out for that. Um, to learn more about those events and our resources, you can check out mediaengagement.org, hover over journalism, and click on the section called Solidarity Journalism to find out more. Absolutely. Anita Varma with the Solidarity Journalism Collective. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us.